the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is every bit of that. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this free for all Friday edition of the Authority. It is the 21st morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020, and we are ready to rock today. One guest coming up in about a half an hour, Dr. Everett, or I'm sorry, I just had a flashback to Larry Elder show last night. I'm very sorry. Dr. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper did join me on Larry Elder's show last night, as he did on this show yesterday morning. So I guess I've got Dr. Uh, Everett Piper on the brain here. No, uh, it's going to be David Ray who's going to be joining us. David Ray from the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform. We got issues. Um, to be quite uh, you know succinct about it, we've got issues with respect to immigration. It has nothing to do with President Trump's work. It has everything to do uh, with the work of those on the inside. Uh, leaders of cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles, among others, each of whom's mayor has, uh, or, uh, over the course of the last week or two, uh, released videos to the public declaring, we are here to look out for illegal aliens rather than for the rule of American law. We are here to protect illegals. We will do everything we can to protect illegal aliens. I have no earthly idea how they can do this and not have that be in contravention of their own oaths of office. I don't know the wording of the oath of office for the mayor of San Francisco and San Francisco County. I do not know the oath of office for the mayor of Los Angeles, but I do know that these two massive, two of the four biggest cities in America, protecting illegal aliens before being concerned about protecting their uh, their own citizens um, has to be addressed, and Dave Ray is going to do that. Tom Holman has addressed that. Meanwhile, on the immigration issue, the reason we're going to talk to Dave Ray is we got a report earlier this week from uh, U.S. Border Patrol finding out, not from the U.S. Border Patrol, but about the U.S. Border Patrol, and we find that Border Patrol 
in uh, the year 2019 released more than 375,000 illegal immigrants directly into the United States. Uh, That's a problem. How and why is that happening? That's what Dave Ray is going to talk to us about. Um, So it's a huge issue, obviously. It's been lost. I think, you know, it's kind of funny. Last summer, last summer, um, it was the number one focal issue. President Trump declared it to be a crisis at the border. He declared it to be a state of emergency. He was right. We had thousands and thousands and thousands of people lined up at the border uh, as part of these uh, caravans of asylum seekers, many of them unaccompanied children, many of them children being grabbed by adults and being forced to play along as if they are a family unit so that they could be released into the United States. We all know it was a massive problem. Uh, perhaps bigger than it had been in previous years. Uh, we know that the detention facilities were overrun. We know that they had to, of course, use the Obama-era detention facilities in which they had to use chain link to separate children from adults, uh, teenage boys from teenage girls, etc., for safety purposes, obviously. And the left turned that into, they're keeping kids in cages. We all know, last summer, it was literally the number one issue, outside, of course, of the impeachment problem. But um, since we've had impeachment, since we've had Ukraine, since we had, of course, the end of the Mueller report, etc., nobody really is talking about illegal immigration anymore. Uh, it is time to start talking about it again because there are some major problems. So Dave Ray will join us at about 9.35 to discuss here on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. I'm very much looking forward to that conversation. Uh, also, I want to dive into this. And again, it's a free-for-all Friday, so anything you want to talk about is fine when you are ready to call. Any topic is uh, is acceptable. We will not uh, censor anything. We'll not try to... See, sometimes when you call me during the week, if I'm in the middle of one topic and I'm talking about something important that I deem to be important and you call them with something rando, uh, can't do that, okay? Because it, it, it just kind of takes the focus off of what we are doing. Today is okay for to be random. Today is okay to be random. That's what Free For All Friday is all about. Anything you want to ask about locally or uh, federally or statewide or anything else, uh, by a political, uh, cultural, uh, movies, sports, doesn't matter. And we'll take your calls, 216-901-0945 on anything. 888-281-1110 gets you here as well. But I do want to hit this now. Yesterday, after we got off the air, of course, it was in the afternoon, um, Roger Stone was sentenced to 40 months in prison by a federal judge that has been described by many people as being, let's just say, less than judicial. This federal judge, rather than being judicial, was more of an activist. And this federal judge, it appears, had an axe to grind with Roger Stone, and yes, with Donald Trump. And that's part of the reason why a man convicted of process crimes, nonviolent crimes, essentially lying uh, to the federal government, the same thing that Andrew McCabe did, the same thing that a host of Democrats have done and have not been charged with because they all seem to appear in front of Obama-appointed judges who decline or work uh, or are um, investigated by Obama-era-appointed prosecutors who have no interest in jailing or prosecuting Obama uh, holdovers from the Obama administration. And we see this time and time again, but this particular judge is very, very 
uh, outspoken with her dislike, not just for Roger Stone, but for Donald Trump, of course, which was, uh, you know, of, of whom Roger Stone was an associate. Here's just a quick report on the actual sentence. After hinting that Roger Stone could ultimately receive a presidential pardon or commutation of his sentence, President Trump criticized the jury forewoman on Stone's criminal case. The forewoman of the jury, the woman who was in charge of the jury, it's totally tainted. When you take a look, how can you have a person like this? She was a anti-Trump activist. Stone has requested a new trial with his lawyers suggesting the forewoman in the case had significant bias. The judge has delayed implementation of his 40-month sentence. Of course, the statements that the president made there are absolutely correct. Let's go to the foreperson of the jury first in the Roger Stone case. I've talked to you about this. Uh, her name is Tamika Hart. She is a former Democratic candidate for Congress. She is a frequent critic of Roger Stone and of Donald Trump and the Trump administration, and moreover, of Trump supporters, whom she deemed on Twitter and other social media places to be racists. That's right. She criticized not just Donald Trump, but Trump supporters as being racists. Roger Stone was a Trump supporter. Therefore, the foreperson of the jury deemed him to be a racist by her own judgment. How can that person be a fair and impartial juror uh, uh, when she sees the defendant in a particular case as a racist and has expressed her dis- disgust and dismay with him uh, you know, prior to the, to the start of the case? How does this juror even get seated by the judge? Think about that for just a moment. So that's number one. The second part about this is the judge herself, Amy Berman Jackson, in her own words, while sentencing Roger Stone, exhibiting her anti-Trump, anti-Stone bias. She is also an Obama-appointed appointed judge. Amy Berman Jackson is a radical activist wearing a judicial robe. That is a major problem. Now, I want to talk about this in more depth, so I'm going to take our time out a little early right now at 916 so I can have room in the second segment before our bottom of the hour news to tell you more about Amy Berman Jackson. She is a radical judge, and she just sentenced Roger Stone to 40 months in prison when people who have been convicted of very, very similar crimes have gotten three months, six months, probation, house arrest, etc., This is radical, and it's why Bill Barr intervened when they started talking about seven to nine years. So we'll talk about that as we continue. AM 1420, The Answer. Now we continue. Thanks for joining us on this free for all Friday edition of the Authority. I want to get right into this um, Roger Stone sentencing yesterday because what we are seeing, my friends, and and, and the, it's a, it's a commonly thrown around term in conservative circles and in conservative radio because of what we are seeing every time a Democrat operative of the deep state, whether it be a James Comey or an Andrew McCabe or a Peter Strzok, any time it seems like the Justice Department is about to close in on them and hold them accountable for what they did in the most incredible, unbelievable, and I think dangerous 
coup uh, in the history of the American presidency when the uh, FBI was used, to, uh, or actually rather when the FBI, well, they kind of were used. The FBI was used by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign, but then they in turn used um, the dirty dossier compiled by a, for, a British spy, for crying out loud, using Russian information to create a bunch of phony information about Donald Trump in order to get uh, the FISA court to let them spy on Team Trump. It's one of the most amazing and incredible uh, uh, events in, in American history. Whenever it seemed like the DOJ was going to close in on them, they're always, they always skate. Uh, we decided not to pursue charges. Oh, we decided not to pursue charges. The DOJ, even with Bill Barr at the helm, not going to pursue charges against Andrew McCabe. And so we see that, and then we see Paul Manafort, and then we see Michael Flynn, and we see others getting huge, heavy-handed sentences for almost identical quote-unquote crimes. And we call it a two-tiered system of justice. It's beyond that. It is, quite frankly, injustice. Federal judges appointed by Barack Obama are flat-out activists masquerading as jurists. They're masquerading as impartial jurists, which is another word for judge. They have no business whatsoever being on the bench. And Amy Berman Jackson is just the latest example of that in this heavy-handed 40-month sentence to 67-year-old nonviolent process criminal, if he even is guilty which we cannot say for sure, given the fact that the jury jury was as tainted as the bench. The foreperson of the jury, Tomika Hart, as much of an anti-Trump activist as Judge Amy Berman Jackson. Now, I could read a lot of the transcript from uh, the, the uh, sentencing from the judge, but I don't think I would be able to do it as much justice as Tucker Carlson did last night. Listen. Now, you often hear people complain that our justice system has been infected by politics. Amy Berman Jackson is living proof that it has been. She's an open partisan who has so flagrantly violated the bounds of constitutional law and fairness that it's shocking she's still on the bench. If there's anyone in Washington who deserves to be impeached, it's Amy Berman Jackson. During the Mueller investigation, she placed both Rick Gates and Paul Manafort under house arrest pending their trials. Both were middle-aged men with no criminal history. Neither was a flight risk. Meanwhile, at this very moment tonight, Countless violent predators in New York and California walk free without even posting bail. But Jackson wanted to punish Gates and Manafort before they'd even been convicted of anything. And she did. Ultimately, she revoked Manafort's bail and placed him in jail in solitary confinement. But Jackson is... I'm going to stop there because I don't think Tucker hit that hard enough. She placed a non-violent, non-flight risk, not just in jail while awaiting his trial, but in solitary confinement, which is usually reserved for the most violent of criminals who can't be trusted around other prisoners because they may attack them, they may try to kill them, they may try to harm someone. They have to be placed in solitary. She did this with a non-violent Trump associate, Paul Manafort, who, by the way, whose conviction should be also uh, be up for review. Because, uh, again, once again, the anti-Trump bias being uh, being uh, put on display by these judges, particularly Jackson that we're talking about now, uh, is so egregious. Uh, here's more from Tucker. This reserved her real fury for Roger Stone. At sentencing today, she declared that Stone, quote, was prosecuted for covering up for the president, end quote. Now, CNN let the claim pass without comment, but anyone who'd been watching was baffled because that's totally untrue. Nobody connected to the president has ever 
been charged with a crime related to spying for Russia or colluding with Russia, much less convicted of one. Stone wasn't prosecuted for covering up anything. That was not the charge. That is not what he was sentenced for. Amy Jackson knows that. She lied about it. She invented it, is what she did. She invented a new crime after the trial, after the conviction by the tainted jury. She invented a new crime in order to justify her harsh sentence, saying that he covered up for the president in the, um, uh, in the uh, Russian collusion case, in trying to obstruct the Mueller investigation. She literally made something up that didn't exist. In other words, here you have a federal judge lying about the case before her. Scary? Yes, it is scary. Roger Stone's entire journey into Kafka, partisan prosecutors, partisan jury foreman, partisan judge, could not have been more fraudulent or dishonest. It's hard to believe it happened in America or that a ruling class is applauding it, and they are. That ought to worry everyone who cares about equal justice on both sides. If they can do this to Roger Stone and win accolades from CNN as they do, they can certainly do it to you. Maybe someday they will. Stone hasn't reported to prison yet. He'd be on the show right now to respond, but he can no longer speak in public. Amy Berman Jackson has revoked his First Amendment rights. The entire Democratic Party and their servants in the press can defame Stone at will, and they are, relentlessly. But if Stone dares to express his own opinion, Amy Berman Jackson will send him to jail immediately. She said that. She's banned him from speaking publicly about the case in any way. He can't tweet or write on Facebook, no social media. He can't do television. He can't speak to reporters. He cannot even express himself indirectly. If Roger Stone asked a friend or a family member to deliver a statement on his behalf, he would be violating Judge Jackson's order. Notice we won't say violating the law because it's not the law. No judge can abolish the freedom of speech. It is inherent. Instead, what you're watching is the capricious authoritarianism of a democratic activist wearing robes. It's terrifying. And it's being done purely for political ends. Already today, CNN has made a graphic explaining how Roger Stone's prison sentence proves the president is a criminal. You could have predicted that would happen. In fact, we did predict it. Enough. This farce must end. Apparently, there are people around the president telling him not to pardon Roger Stone or to wait until after the election. No. The president must pardon Stone immediately. Trump's voters know that at some point, they could be where Roger Stone is right now. This is a horrifying precedent for everyone, and it cannot be allowed to stand. Nothing you just heard from Tucker Carlson was hyperbolic. Nothing you just heard was overstated or exaggerated. It was 100% true. Amy Berman Jackson, a liberal Democratic activist, is high. She's playing costume. It's, it's like Halloween, and she decided to put on a judge's robe. I'll go pretend to be a judge because there is nothing, nothing related to justice in her rulings and in her decisions or in her sentencing. The word judge is, is directly related to the word justice. And what she is doing has nothing to do with passing or, or preserving or instituting or protecting or uh, handing down justice. What she is doing is working on behalf of the DNC. She is working on behalf of the far left that was still in the, in the uh, federal government after Barack Obama left, serving his ends. 
Make zero mistake about this. In the Department of Justice, look, this is Donald Trump's biggest flaw. Donald Trump's biggest mistake when he came into office was allowing any Obama holdovers to keep their positions in the State Department, any ambassadors, and anybody in the Department of Justice. Because they were working, and he had to have known this, against him to undermine him from the get-go. Now, he couldn't have replaced Amy Berman Jackson on the bench, but you do understand the point. The entirety of the federal government is filled with Obama loyalists and anti-or-never-Trumpers, and they are going to do everything they can to remove Donald Trump and to punish anybody who supports him. What Tucker Carlson said is right. Today, it's Roger Stone. Who's it going to be tomorrow? You truly do not know. This is frightening. All right, it's 9.30. We're going to get the news, and we're going to talk on the flip side with David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, about some other frightening issues going on in this country. That's next on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 9.35. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll go back to judicial activism. Excuse me, we'll just call it democratic activism being practiced by people who are supposed to be judicial. We'll come back to that, but I want to go back to the immigration issue now that I told you about at the top of the show. Eric Garcetti is the mayor of Los Angeles. The mayor of an American city should be looking out for the interests of the citizens of his city, and of course, larger extent, the citizens of the United States of America. He has made it clear, however, that he is not interested in the protection of citizens. He is interested in the protection of illegal aliens. No matter their immigration status, I want every Angelino to know their rights and how to exercise them. Remember, you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to open your door to an ICE agent that doesn't have a warrant signed by a judge. You have the right to speak to a lawyer before signing any documents or speaking to law enforcement. And if you need help finding an attorney, you can call 311 and learn more about our Justice Fund and other resources that offer legal support. And whenever possible, keep a record of everything that happens. Take note of an officer's name and badge number, of when and where you're being questioned, so you can use that information in your own defense. And most importantly, I want you to know you do not need be afraid. Your city is on your side. And rest assured, here in Los Angeles, we are not coordinating with ICE. Our police force does not do the job of federal law enforcement. So I want to reiterate what the mayor just said. The Los Angeles Police Department is not assisting ICE in any way. We will not enforce immigration laws that are civil in nature and that fall under the jurisdiction of the federal government. That's Los Angeles. Let's go seven hours north to San Francisco and Mayor London Breed. Hi, I'm San Francisco Mayor London Breed, here with our police chief, Bill Scott. Recently, the federal administration has continued to ignite fear in our communities by threatening sanctuary cities like ours. With today's report that ICE detained three individuals outside of a courthouse at Sonoma County, we want to remind all of our residents that the city and county of San Francisco is a sanctuary city, and we will continue to do everything we can to support our immigrant communities. So what you just heard from the two largest cities in California, two of the four largest cities in the United States of America, is they are literally committing government resources to helping illegal aliens avoid federal law. It's one thing to not cooperate with federal law enforcement, 
uh, like ICE. It's another thing to say we will spend taxpayer dollars to help you avoid ICE and avoid uh, following federal law. Joining us now is Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, if we have ever needed immigration reform more than we do right now, when I listen to these things, uh, I, I don't know when that would be. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. What's your reaction? Oh, you bet, buddy. Good to be with you again. There's just so many things I could talk about there. I mean, first of all, just not even talking about the sanctuary policies. When you think about Los Angeles, and the number of veterans and homeless that it has on its streets at the crisis level, then this sheriff is standing up and offering free legal services to illegal immigrants so that they can avoid deportation if they're caught by federal agents. You know, the sheriffs and the counties and the states that go out of their way to, de- to defy federal law and call themselves sanctuary jurisdictions do this as a way of making a political statement about their disapproval of the Trump administration and, and frankly, as a way to pander to the illegal alien lobby. But the way, you know, I want your listeners to be very clear about what is actually going on here. They make it sound like their police departments are being asked by ICE to go out and do immigration raids with them. That is not at all what's happening. In the most basic form, what ICE asks of these police officers uh, and these, these sheriffs and these police departments in these counties is that when somebody is taken into custody having broken a crime, whether it's drunk driving or, you know, battery or child sex offense or something, and they're in your jail, and while they're in your jail, it comes to your attention that they're here illegally or that they are a non-citizen and therefore possibly deportable, that you simply hold on to them for for 48 hours, it's called a detainer, so that ICE can come and pick them up. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's safer because they're in jail, they can't be armed, as opposed to ICE going and getting them at their homes. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of, you know, so you just listen to L.A. County and you listen to San Francisco, which is, you know, the home county of Kate Steinle, which is the textbook example of why sanctuary policies uh, undermine public safety and are are an outrage to the public. But just and for those few, who don't remember, if I may, David, uh, yeah. for those who don't remember, Kate Steinle was killed by a five times deported illegal alien. He came to this country, broke our laws, was deported, came to the country, broke our laws, was reported. Repeat that three more times. Zero yeah. respect for American law until finally, after his fifth time returning to the United States, he picked up a gun and shot Kate Steinle, who died in her father's right. arms. So, so I want people to know the sanctuary policies of San Francisco, where this happened, literally allow for the protection of people like this killer rather than yeah. holding them for, for ICE uh, uh, agents to come by on a detainer and take them into federal custody. Yeah, and you listen to the angel moms and dads. Those are the folks who've lost their, their sons and daughters and family members to illegal aliens, and it's no doubt why they are so outraged, Bob. This is a completely preventable crime. These people should not have been here in the first place. Now we have our own local police departments cooperating with the illegal alien lobby to keep them in the country. But, I mean, I just want, as an example, to to demonstrate 
what kind of people we're actually talking about. Just south of Los Angeles in Orange County, it was released that uh, uh, over the course of last year, they released 1,500, more than 1,500 criminal aliens who had ICE detainers. In other words, these folks had broken a law in the United States. They were in jail. ICE sent a, a communication to the sheriff's office that says, please hold them. When their time is up for 48 hours, we're going to come and get them and remove them from the country so that they are no longer a public safety hazard. 1,500 people, 1,500 of people uh, of the people under that description were released back onto the streets. More than 400 of them were rearrested with new charges, including child sex offenses, domestic violence, identity theft, DUI. In other words. These are not people we want in our country. They've already hurt one of our citizens. That should be enough, but it's never enough for these sanctuary jurisdictions. And they seem to place making a political statement about our president and, and you know, kind of making a statement about how enlightened they are in their pro-illegal immigration views that they hold the safety and, uh, you know, freedom of illegal aliens above public safety and national security. Remember, if you're in this country illegally, you've never had a criminal background check. You could be an escapee from a you know penitentiary somewhere around the world. You could have all sorts of, you could have a, a, you know, a criminal record a mile long, and we're treating these people like they're welcome visitors. I mean, this is just an outrage. And the Trump administration is really starting to go after these jurisdictions in every way they can think of. Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform is with us talking about immigration issues, sanctuary city policies, as we just outlined. I do want to highlight this, though, because this is why when I reached out to you earlier this week, I was taken aback by the headline. Border Patrol under the Trump administration, released more than 375,000 illegal immigrants directly into the United States last year. In fiscal year 2019, which ran from October 2018 to September of 2019, the numbers are in. Border Patrol agents detained over 851,000 immigrants who illegally entered the U.S. via Mexico. Uh, of those, more than half arrived with family members. And according to the numbers uh, run by the Washington Examiner, um, more than 375,000 immigrants who were detained as part of family units were later released directly into the United States. That right. would that would smack a lot of people who are supportive of President Trump's work at the border in the face with a what? It did me. It, it got well, me. It, and that's why I said Dave Ray affair makes sense of that for me. Yeah, here's here's how you make sense of it. Let's rewind to last year. If you remember, starting at the very beginning of 2019. We had caravan after yeah. caravan after caravan arriving at the border. Catch and release, uh, the program whereby if you arrive with a child, you cannot be held for more than 20 days and by U.S. law have to be released into the interior of the country. That was in full swing. Now, that didn't start under President Trump. It didn't start under President Obama. It's been in place in various forms for the last two decades. But it really you know, kind of... Uh, went into hyper gear last year. And so, like, May, last May, 144,000 people arrived at the border. Many of them were, were adults with people who they claimed to be their children, and they were released. It was at that point 
that President Trump, who had been asking Congress for help, I mean, Congress needs to close some loopholes to end catch and release, legal loopholes. Do you think you're going to get any help from Congress? I mean, they are sitting on their hands on immigration enforcement. Uh, so the Trump administration, and I think this is something they should be very proud of, they really thought outside of the box, and they took uh, you, you know, unilateral steps on, on the part of the administration working with uh, governments of other nations to try to, 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 to staunch the flow of illegal immigrants into the country and end catch and release without Congress so much as lifting a finger. So what did they do? You remember there was the tariff threat against Mexico. You know, we are Mexico's biggest customer. We yeah. buy 80 percent of their goods. President Trump is a businessman. He said, you want access to the wealthiest, most coveted market in the world? You get control of your southern border. These people are coming through Mexico at the Guatemala-Mexico border. They are marching right up to this country. You want access to our markets without heavy tariffs? You need to get your own house under control. Mexico immediately dispatched federal troops to its southern border, uh, and the numbers started going down. Uh, the president diverted arm, uh, the U.S. Army and some Army resources to the border to help putting, start putting up uh, walls and barriers and, and assisting the Border Patrol in transporting these folks uh, to detention facilities that were being enlarged at the same time. Then they went, he went and made bilateral agreements with not only Mexico, but with Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, and these were called safe third country agreements. We have a similar agreement with Canada. And it says if somebody is claiming to flee political, you know, uh, is, is claiming uh, to be fleeing political persecution, political persecution in other words, right. yeah, my government is, is persecuting me based on my race, religion, ethnicity, national origin, one of those, um, then I have to, I'm fleeing my country and, uh, you know, so that so that the the policy we have with Canada is if somebody is using that argument and they land in Canada, they have to ask for asylum in Canada. You can't asylum shop. We made that those similar agreements with 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 our Central American and Mexican neighbors. So in other words, if somebody is coming from Brazil and they're saying I'm fleeing persecution at the hands of my government, the second they step foot in Honduras, they have to ask for asylum there because. The government of Honduras is not uh, is not reportedly purportedly uh, oppressing them. It's the government of Brazil, and and that we were able through these agreements to say if a if a, a would be asylum applicant uh, wants to make a claim of asylum in the United States, they cannot have passed through a safe third country right. first. And then the last thing, okay. and this has been the most successful. Is I, I want to get another question in, Dave. Where you, uh, this okay. is uh, the uh, this is going a little too far because I want or too long rather, not too far. Your point. Okay, I'm out. sorry. I, it's, I just want to hit this, and and you didn't know about this <clears throat> that I was going to ask you this. All right. Because I just found it this morning, so I apologize for hitting you uh, with this one. But uh, White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, according to reports in Breitbart and other um, 
an audio, I guess, by the Washington Post, was at a, a private gathering in England Wednesday night, and he declared to that crowd that the Trump administration is desperate for more immigrants. Quote, we are desperate, desperate for more people. We are running out of people to fuel the economic growth that we've had in our nation over the last four years. We need more immigrants, end quote. That struck me <laughs> as well. Yeah, I don't know. If, well, I don't know if he ran that past the president before he said it or not. But uh, any quick reaction to that? I've got a minute here, David. Go ahead. My quick reaction is I don't think he did run that by the president. I think the president knows that we have vast pools of people still in this country who have stopped looking for jobs because it's been so long since they've found one. We do not need more immigrants. The best thing you could ever do for workers who are seeking to get back in to uh, whose wages are stagnated or are looking to get back into the workforce is a tight labor market. We hope the president remembers why he was elected in the first place, and that was to, to make sure that American jobs go to Americans and that we need to regain control of our immigration policies. I hope he was speaking off the cuff and not with the uh, approval of his boss. Yeah, I, 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 it may have been off the cuff, but I don't think it was something that he blurted out that he would regret because he did say it a couple of different times. Uh, he said yeah. for the U.S. economy to, to continue growing. So he's clearly thought about it himself, but as you said, I, probably I, not well, consulted with the, yeah. uh, with the commander in chief before he spoke on it. Yeah, he might have been talking about merit-based immigration, which is something they would like to change, but that would not necessarily be an increase in numbers. So maybe that was just an awkward way of him talking about we need to we need to select immigrants based on skills and not based on change. That's migration. a great point. That you know what? That's, yeah. that's why I threw it to you. How about that? You handled <laughs> you handled an unexpected pitch. You didn't get two bangs on the trash can like the Astros did to know it was coming, and you hit it out of the park anyway. Well done, right. good sir. Thank you, Dave Ray. Thanks, Bob. Have a great weekend, buddy. You, you too. David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. It's uh, 951. We'll be right back. Short segment here before the top of the hour. Dave Ray uh, was our only guest on the program today, so the next hour is going to be completely yours on the phones for free-for-all topics. Anything that you want to get into from the debates, uh, debate this week, <coughs> excuse me, in Las Vegas to the president's rallies. He had one in Arizona Wednesday. Yesterday it was Colorado. Today he's going to be in Nevada. Uh, so you want to talk about those things, we can do that. Uh, you want to talk about the immigration issue. You want to talk about the radical judge who sentenced Roger Stone to 40 months in prison despite her clear bias. All of those things are on the table. But briefly, Following up on the conversation that I just had with Dave Ray from uh, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, I want you to hear from Tom Holman, who was uh, uh, responding also to the mayors of Los Angeles and San Francisco in the People's Republic of California, uh, deciding that the rights, if you want to call them that, of illegal aliens trump the right to protection uh, for the citizens of those cities. Tom, it seems like these cities, in terms of trying to cut off the federal government, are acting like little countries of their own. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I'm listening to statements by, you know, saying, you know, calling it racist policies. Look, if you want Bortak to be pulled back, then let ICE officers into your criminal jails. Then the problem's solved. Instead of releasing criminals, public safety threats back into the public, which is just 
stupid, let the ICE agents in the jail. You already arrested that person and lock them in a jail cell. Give us access to the jail, and none of this would have to be wouldn't be necessary. They control this narrative themselves. But to be clear, these are criminals. That the the reason that these agents are going into these what ten metro areas. Yeah, and and they're Bortec units, which everybody thinks are, are the militaristic look. Bortec has an extra training. Border agents are used to working the line. They're not used to making entry into dwellings or making arrests into dwellings. But the Bortec units have that specialized training, the same as ICE officers. So it's about the training. They're not acting as SWAT officers. This is not a SWAT operation. This is just resources that have the sim- similar training to what ICE already has, so it makes it safer for everybody. That's uh, uh, former acting ICE director Tom Homan was on Fox News uh, talking with Outnumbered about the, the president's plan to support ICE agents with tactical agents who are going to be deployed to assist them. Also, ICE, this is a new story also, uh, and it was referenced by Mayor London Breed of San Francisco in her announcement that we are here to protect illegal aliens, not American citizens living in San Francisco. ICE agents threw down the gauntlet. In a courthouse in Northern California, in Sonoma to be precise, they defied a state law that says they needed a warrant from a judge to arrest people in courthouses. ICE flouted the new state law in California that requires the warrant before arresting an illegal on courthouse grounds. After predictable outcry from courthouse officials and others, ICE gave their rationale in the L.A. Times, quote, I said in a statement that California's law doesn't supersede federal law and will not govern the conduct conduct of federal officers acting pursuant to duly enacted laws passed by Congress that provide the authority to make administrative arrests of removable aliens inside the United States. David Jennings, ICE's field office director in San Francisco, said, quote, Our officers will not have their hands tied by sanctuary rules when enforcing immigration laws to remove criminal aliens from our communities, end quote. In other words, ICE is telling its critics and the uh, um, local authorities in sanctuary cities like L.A. and San Francisco to go pound sand in a place that we won't say on the radio. That is what ICE has said. The gauntlet has been thrown down. It's your move sanctuary illegal alien haven providers news time three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.